Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to this week's episode of The Nero Show. In today's episode... GCN is rumoured to be up for sale. How could this end for all of us cycling enthusiasts? The Chinese group set wave is fake news. What is really going on? Bunch of new tech released. McGee Power Meters, the new Wahoo Kicker and the Wahoo Kicker Bike. What do we think? And why is everyone getting off the aero bike bandwagon? All right, let's get into it. Biggest player in the platform, GCN. Big news. Big news this week. Jesse, fill us in. What's going on here? Yeah, so this one popped up on Escape Collective article by Kaylee Frett. So Play Sports Network, who who own GCN, is apparently getting some offers made to be purchased. So Play Sports Network is currently owned by Warner Brothers Discovery, and they're seeking a suitable buyer, according to the article. Why is this big news? Well, it was big news on social media because everyone – is a bit up in arms because outside is one of the people rumored to be looking at making a bid on the company. And obviously they have we have seen what outside have done to some other media companies when they've acquired them, basically gutting them. And yeah, a lot of people are scared that the GCN YouTube channel or the GCN Plus app, all of the GCN branded things are potentially going down the toilet if outside purchase uh, Play Sports Network. So this is the the YouTube channel. This is the the the, the app itself, the, the premium app. Uh, I assume does that also include all the rights then to, to the races? Yeah, well, so we we don't know. We don't have, the article doesn't give specifics on what's for sale and what's not, but Play Sports Network, the whole parent company, yes, is the YouTube channel, is the GCN app, with the GCN original films, it is also the straight race streaming part of the app and all the rights associated with that. It's a big purchase. I mean, in 2021, um, the company Play Sports Network is valued at 70 million pounds. So it's a big, it's a big company. Um, I guess my my take on it though, I just see it a bit differently because the overwhelming response on social media was, oh, screw outside. They're gonna come and purchase this and gut it. And, and bugger them. And it's the same thing, the same take I had when we saw what happened with cycling tips is let me let me uh, walk backwards. Mm. In 2021, Play Sports Network founder Simon Ware sold the company to Discovery. So he's made his cash and he's and cash, big cash, big mm. money. When the company's valued at $70 million and over a series of years, you get bought out as the founder, you make big money. So he's made his money. 
As a part of that, clearly you've lost control. You then no longer have control of what happens to that company. So then it's a bit rich. Okay, he hasn't said anything, but it's a, I'd, it's a bit contradictory two, two years later to start be complaining that, oh, so-and-so could buy the company and they're going to gut it. Well, you've sold it. That mm. You have no longer have control. But there's no one, there's no one in, inside here. This isn't the same situation in the sense that, that GCN aren't all of a sudden complaining that this potential buyout of, of um, outside is going to be a gutting thing for them. Yes, it may not be. Okay. Um, I would say, though, if we look at some of the numbers here, I mean, GCN, PlaySports, sorry, not GCN, PlaySports Network has been making a loss for years. It doesn't make money. Mm. So for the last two years, um, the article says it hasn't made money particularly because of the production of the GCN Plus app that is very expensive to produce. So their losses that they've run since 2021 have been in the millions of pounds mm. loss. So uh, if they do get acquired by outside, I wouldn't be surprised if they then go, well, we only want you for your streaming rights you have to okay, what's actually profitable from the like? Let's just assume, or have a guess. What's profitable from this? The YouTube channel is definitely profitable, and the the we rights, don't know that we don't know that. Not sure. I don't know what their production costs are. There seems to be a lot of stuff mm-hmm. for YouTube videos. That okay, yes, they're probably bringing in. They're bringing in money, advertising money directly from any product they bring on there. Then you can obviously throw in on top of that the AdSense revenue. To just say it's definitely profitable, I'm going to sit on the fence there. Okay. Let's let's say, okay, a I little. I consider that. I just assume because it's a YouTube channel, you get some ad revenue, you get your sponsorships, and it's got it should make money. I might not. Mm. Could, maybe it maybe it doesn't. Uh, it's a private company, so we don't have the breakdown of all the different. Mm things that do make money, and you would, okay, what else is value? Okay, what else is valuable in that company? Um, I would say the the rights to stream all 100%. the races is valuable. 100%. The app itself, I mean, you can pay a company in India to produce the app. It's not that big of a lift. Um, so potentially, yeah, outside come along, buy GCN, they keep the YouTube channel running, fire half the stuff that it, they've – might consider they don't need in the YouTube channel side of it. And then they just steal the rights to all the races and put it on their own platform for exorbitant amount of money. I mean, but that's their, that's their prerogative. It's like, you can't get angry at a, at a snake for using its fangs. You know, that's going to happen. So Simon, Ware, the guy that's founded the company made his money, you relinquish control for the, to get the, the cash. And it's sad. It would be sad if it happened, but I don't know. Can't um can't complain too much. I don't know. I, I feel control. like there's a lot. Yeah, I think there's a bit to unpack here because, like, from well, I took, brought this up a couple of months ago. I don't know, a few weeks ago, where I made that sort of thing saying, "Is GCM Plus too cheap?" Yep. All right. I remember that. Yeah. And I copped yep. a lot of shit for you that. Did. You did. All right. And who is this guy? Who is this in guy Sydney? saying that? But yeah. the reality is, if you just look at what the revenue model is for this corporation and then sorry it is a corporation that there was never going to be enough revenue coming in for what was being produced because your costs are like you said you have all that and sorry i'm getting squeaky i'll just i'll go down again um you have all the um the known costs which are to to buy the rights to a lot of these races we know those costs are going to be big we have 
production costs for all the YouTube stuff, the weekly YouTube stuff, the stuff that we see on their main channel. You then have obviously the upkeep of that. You have the the advertising type stuff. You'd have to have relationships with that. So you're going to have staff across, across those places as well. And you're also going to have, and they reference this a little bit in here, these GCM plus films. Now, like to me, the GCM plus film stuff, it's like, it's like the cherry. If something's doing really well, you produce that kind of thing. That's a, that's a, a little additional extra that you get, but there's, there's production going into that. And, having a little sniff around, I'm sure, what some of those production costs are. They're not, they're not cheap. They're not just sending a couple of YouTubers out and, and with a GoPro. There's, there's a lot going into that. So to break down all those costs and then go, right, where's our revenue? That's why I initially said, is GCM Plus too cheap? Because I'm afraid of this as well. Like when it all boils down to it, I am, I am afraid there is a danger, I think, definitely with outside coming in. And that's me just looking at it as a pure consumer, as a pure consumer who wants the best product. Mm. I worry about that. But, but, you were, but you were right when you said the GCN subscription is too cheap. It's, abdec- it's too cheap because mm-hmm. it ran a, it's run a loss for the last few years. Yes. So you were right when you said that. You right. were right. It doesn't <laughs> I make money. I don't like being right <laughs> about that. But, yeah, I mean – the problem is, though, that the production of that app and everything that's gone along with it ha- was only possible with the funding from Discovery, Warner Brothers, from mm. that money coming in that allowed them to run a loss for three years or four years to produce the app. So I don't know where to sit with it because without that funding, we wouldn't have what we wouldn't have GCM Plus because it's too expensive to do. Mm-hmm. But in selling the business you've also lost control so would there have been a way to have simon Ware remain as the owner of the business to make to remain control and just have that come in as funding mm-hmm. as an investment without selling the company as a whole mm. that would have been the ideal situation so you still get the app and then you still remain uh in control of the company that would have been better to see and it's what we're in now which is um it's all up in the air but again it's not a hostile takeover. No. You sold you sold the business. Mm. They're selling it on because they want to get their money back. And it's just it's kind of shit for everyone except the people that are making the money. Yeah. I mean, we're not the only sport that's going to be going through this now. I mean, all there's this whole shift at the moment where uh like even like in, in big American sports like NFL and um, basketball are all looking at this where streaming services are coming in and taking over. I know and YouTube TV is, is a big player in the NFL space now. That's actually where you view YouTube is where you view some of the big NFL games. So, you know, this is, this is the move that's happening potentially, you know, if, if this could be where one of those big players come along and say, well, this is, this is kind of cheap. You know, we get a sport that's kind of cheap. A lot of, a lot of sort of big sort of conglomerates might, might get involved in that, but yeah, um, ultimately, there's there's change afoot. You'd have to think this yeah. is not. It's gonna. It's really. It's just in the back, isn't it? Because you know, outside just stump up a hundred million, and or you know whatever it is, and um, yeah. Let's say the, the let's say the YouTube channel dies. I mean, or well, it, do you reckon it would potentially they might kill off the YouTube channel and stick it in the app. Yeah, well, it makes you pay for it. I mean, you'd have to look at what's making money here. What, where, what is, what is the most profitable part of GCN? 
I don't know the answer to that. I would imagine the easiest way to make profit on this product would be to use your race rights and stream it out on an app, get some guy in the Philippines to look after it and you're away <laughs> and, and not do light bike versus heavy bike up yeah. outdoors every three weeks. Mm. So, you know, is, is that is actually the, the death of the YouTube channel a good thing for the racing side of it? I don't know. It probably wouldn't be a good thing for the sport. Mm. It's kind of it? like sacrificing a limb. It's like which army, mm. you, if, if, if they do get purchased – because they are running a loss. They're going to have to get their money back somewhere. It's like which arm's going to get cut off to save the rest of the body. Um, we're only going to we're only going to see. Um, and we don't, yeah, we don't know what, what the money-making part is. Are you are. still a GCN Plus subscriber? No. Interesting. No. Not for any specific reason. I just found I ne- wasn't using the app to watch races that often. Okay. I just paid it, paid it off. And now maybe early next year when the classics come back, mm-hmm. I will get back into it. But for me right now, I'm quite happy just to do the six-minute highlights. Tour de France is free to wear in Australia. I'm good. It actually, it actually was uh, the card I had on my Apple account mm-hmm. was expired mm-hmm. and then it, it was emailed me. I was like, actually, So I you did make a conscious it. decision. You did. It did lapse. It was coming up to you're getting the emails and you're like, you know what? <clears throat> Mm. Yeah, I'm not mm. putting a fresh card in mm. for the GCN app. I don't really need it, and I haven't really found I've been opening the app that much to watch watch the races. So, yeah, and I don't watch the GCN Plus film thing. Doesn't do it for me. I never really watched the breakaway coverage um, that's on before the the Grand Tours and some of the classics. That wasn't really adding much for me. So yeah, let it go. Interesting. I wonder if Lantern Rouge Media might put a bid in. That'd be hilarious. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There you go. Why not? Oh, come on. Let's yeah. see. Him. Come on, come on boys. Get some, get some cash in and yeah. take it get over. Some capital. Take over the world. Yeah. Mm. Um, yes. All right. Now, guys, interested in your thoughts on this. So do put your comments below. Um, just in general, about this whole conversation outside. Are they evil? Mm. Um, well, so the funny thing is one of the people that the Arctic Escape Collective article mentioned as potentially buying it back was the original founder. Oh, good. Yep, getting back. So he's kind of mm. gone, oh, actually, oh, I don't want to see it all go down the gurgler, mm. and he might come in and buy it back. I mean, he must be cashed up if he's going to buy the whole thing back, but that would be an inter- interesting turn, wouldn't it? Sells it, buys it back three years later. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I know, like, I know ESPN – Disney are kind of going through this sort of transition phase. They're losing sports here and there. Maybe that'd be perfect world for me. They jump in. Yeah. Can we talk Chinese group sets? Oh, new topic. <laughs> we haven't talked about this before. <laughs> this is such a YouTube meme, uh, isn't it? Yeah. YouTube talking about Chinese group sets. And that's almost, I think that's actually almost my point here. Okay. All right. So, where, okay, where are you? Where are you with these? Right now. Oh, I'm totally off them now. Mm. I, I, I think I mentioned a few episodes ago that to buy an electronic good, I would want a local distributor. And Trace Fellow uploaded a video yesterday and his front derailleur on his ERX group set's dead. And it's good. What are you going to do? You bought it on AliExpress. Are you going to ship it back? I mean, it's the nail in the coffin so far. Uh, well, not even the nail in the coffin. It was never really came out of the coffin. 
it's just for me that uh, is is holding it down. Yes. So Chinese group sets are fake news. I still can't get over this thing that Alex said, but Pete Talk said where he was in his what was it Hall Nine meeting with meeting Hall Nine with and three Hall quarters. Nine and three quarters, <laughs> and uh, which is the favourite moment of the podcast. My kids, my <laughs> oh, yep, so far. Um, so he's in Hall Nine. And he's saying, when are you, you going to launch the product? And they're like, no, 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 we're not launching it. There's no, there's no, we're not launching version one yet or version two. We're just going to keep making these constant changes to it as it goes along. And so at no point are we going to be able to see that kind of launch of the product and then it all kind of gets pressed in behind us. So there's, there's that side of stuff. Then Grant put up that video a couple of weeks ago where he's, so he's got his L2 group set. And there was a few issues with it, so they send him out another one. But lo and behold, it's basically different. So there's a there's no consistency to anything that's that's coming out. So, and then finally, I have this really frustrating because I, I kind of loosely considered the concept of it. I was like, I'm on YouTube. That's what YouTube people do, isn't it? They get a frame and they build it up with a Chinese group set and all the rest of it. I'm like, okay, what am I going to do? Go to Cache, go to Edwin and be like, good luck. Probably not. Um, unless, so what's my next option? My next option is to basically sit down and watch a Trace Velo video on how to build these things. That's He has become the de facto like user manual for for or installation manual essentially for, for these products. And I just think we're now in a place where they're going to continue to just tread water. We're going to get these little drip, drip fed product changes. And then if you buy, buy it six months later, it'll be a different product again. And it will, it will peter out because people will get on YouTube. People will get sick of seeing it. I'm sorry. Like the, the price, the price point will remain great, but, you're going to be fed up with the same narrative over and over again. Yeah, but just don't buy the you could just not buy the electronic version, buy a okay. mechanical version. Yep. There's still that's still a good good way to go, less less risk. Um but okay, and that's they'll get that, it. I mean, FE Sports already implement implement already import a bunch of Chinese products. They've got the McGean McGean power meter. So, what if FE Sports started selling L2 ERX, would you buy it? Uh, yeah, if a local distributor came across, but that's that's totally different. I've got a Sugii power meter on there. That's totally different to have a one-off product that you know you can see the version number when you log into it. It's one product. It's not it's not trying to talk to any other products, any other accessories. I'm hundred percent on board with that. The the cranks, the pedals, all that kind of stuff. The handlebars. When it comes to a group set, that's not good enough. It's just not good enough, and I feel like there's not enough. Um, what's the word? Like there, there isn't enough um, direction coming from China to to sort of say, look, this is this is how they they want it presented in the West. I don't think it's there yet, anyway. I mean, mm. the Chinese Di two uh, electric group sets are a spectator sport still, anyway. You're kind of watching it as a YouTube viewer. Uh, for entertainment, really, at the moment, I haven't seen any of them in person yet. So that's all. That'll keep bubbling away. Uh, and it's just—I mean, the Trace Velo video is a step backwards. It's, you buy it, and the front derailleur stops working. 
working as I was. And he's, but that's the other thing. It's like he's your – like if, whatever his fix will be, that will be like – that. that's the fix. Do you know what I mean? Like he he has become the 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 kind of lighthouse for this whole product. I think you're right. It is fake. I agree. It is kind of fake news because no one buys. No, no one's buying. No one them. buys. No one's buying them. You'd be ha- you need your head seen to if you do buy it because the thing's not reliable. Mm. The electronic version that is mm. the mechanical version. Go for it. Go for it. So uh, I mean, yeah, I definitely think think you're fair. Um, you're fair on that. I hope that uh, L two get their shit sorted because. As I said, the other Chinese manufacturers are getting it right. So the Magine power meter, uh, Shane Miller did a review on one a couple of days ago, exactly what you want. So you buy it from FE Sports, very competitively priced. It's a 24 millimeter spindle for Shimano. So take off your cranks, you put your chain rings on and you put it back in. Good to go. It's accurate. He's tested it. It's all good. So that's a game changer, that Magine. I'm not sure the model number, um, but that was – Really cool to see. So if, if they can go that route, that's good. And Shane Miller, again, he's, he's, his channel's sparked back up again because <laughs> we've got new Wahoo, new Wahoo uh-huh. indoor products. So we've got a new kicker and a new kicker bike. So the new kicker, it's kind of gimmicky. I think it's gimmicky. It's a kicker on a semi-rocker plate. Ooh. So it's got a back and forwards motion, and a little bit more side-to-side motion. And that's the new kicker. The actual internals of the unit are pretty much the same as the other kicker. And that's that's what that's where we're at now. Um, I feel really a little sorry for Wahoo because the kicker has pretty much been perfect mm-hmm. for the last three, two years. Mm. The, the last release where it didn't need to do the spin-down calibration to be accurate was basically it's perfect. Mm. The erg mode works perfectly. The road feel is best in class. The accuracy is best in class without calibration. The thing was just you can't make a trainer better than that. No. There's only so much a trainer can do. And unfortunately, if they don't – sorry, one sec. <clears throat> and unfortunately, if they don't come and try these things, they're just giving all the other trainer manufacturers years and years to catch up. So now they have to come out and put the thing on a slidey rocker plate. Mm. It's like, what? Because there's nothing else they can do. And it's kind of gimmicky, but what else yeah. war, What else can you do to try and stay ahead? Otherwise, give it two or three years and everyone else catches up. It's kind of brutal. New kicker bike too, which is cool. Thousand, <laughs> thousand US dollars off the price, which is a big drop. It is cool. I'm just looking at it now. Yeah, like. Yeah, I it it's it's it kind of looks like something that you wouldn't mind having. You could probably get away with that, like in like an open plan living environment. Like it it could be in the living room almost. Yeah. Like it could it could almost be in the TV room and not be. It's not as slop as your kind of bike sitting there. Yeah, with but a the, towel the legs over it. for the big yeah. trainer and I don't know. yeah. I, yep. I think there's there's potential around that being being yeah getting getting some space in the living room. It's not that expensive, so it's four. The new kicker bike shift is four thousand Aussie. Mm-hmm. Does it move around as well? Does it do all the flapping no, about? So that's that's so this is the lowest spec version, so okay. it doesn't do the uh, simulated gradient. Okay, and it's a different uh, motor unit in the back. All right. But it, it, uh, Shane Miller tested it. It's accurate. It's of course fine. it is. It's good. Yeah. yeah. That's Wahoo. You, that's yeah. what you expect. Yeah. Um, so it's the quick kicker move. Is that what it's? The shift. 
Okay. The Wahoo kicker bike shift is is what it's called. Holy shit! Look at it moving around. Okay. Oh, that's the the, the new kicker is like that. Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah it moves around. If you're going to spend because the the actual kicker costs seventeen hundred mm. or grand, that you get the entire bike. You don't have to slop with your bike on and off. It looks cooler. It looks neater. I I could definitely get around that. I know a lot of people. Who would go that route? Um, yes, they are mostly accountants, but they are they are a constant. There's a constant issue in their household when the bike comes out and it clamps down onto the thing, and the kids are there, and it's it's just all not a. It's 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 a. There's warfare over it basically, but I could see this this getting a bit of, yeah. And it's a little more achievable as well because this could potentially be used across the family or across the multiple members in the household. Yeah, it's just a quick release on the seat height. Um, you've got your because then you've got your buttons on the things on the on the things, your bu- <laughs> buttons on the shifters too, so you control Zwift when they bring that integration in. It's um, it's good, and you don't if you're sweating all over it doesn't matter. You're not like wearing out your headset. I I think 4K for the kicker bike, the new kicker bike shift, is is good. Is really really good. I um kudos kudos to Wahoo. The rocker thing though, I, I'm not. What are you like? You just like talk about pig rooting. You uh, I mean, it doesn't move. It's not a natural movement anyway. But I mean, they've got to try something. I think indoor cycling is dying a very swift death though. Uh I feel we'll get some pushback. No, for that no, comment. I'm not saying I'm not saying this just to be controversial. I, I've I've seen it. I see it. So, okay. okay, here we go. Let me try and explain myself. Uh, even pre-COVID, mm-hmm. indoor training was pumping. Mm-hmm. Everyone was on Zwift, and then as well, COVID made that worse. So, if you were a new rider getting into road cycling from 2018 to 2022. Mm-hmm. You would buy a trainer. That was just a given. I'm getting into road cycling. I get, get the road bike, get my cleats. I better get a trainer. That was just a given. I don't see it anymore. The last year, the people that have their trainers, use them during winter, they're still there. But the new rider coming in, I don't think is instantly going, I need to go get a trainer. It's, a, it's an afterthought. If they need to, if I have to, I'll do it. I I think it's, I've seen it. I've seen it just go downhill. It doesn't have the froth that it did four years ago. I'd love to see the subscription numbers on, on Zwift and, and my whoosh, um, whether that, that is sort of, sort of playing out. The social aspect didn't, hasn't gone anywhere. Mm. That's probably the other thing as well. Um, for someone getting into cycling, the social side is everything. And it was, the Zwift had the novelty to it four or five years ago. You kind of do the group rides or group workouts, but it hasn't gone anywhere since then. Mm. So I don't feel like someone getting into cycling is getting that sense of community from Zwift anymore. And now they're getting more inclined just to go back out on the road. Be interesting though, because wasn't the the the, the big boom in it was that it was the the first thing that people that was like like their first experience of of road cycling was the indoor. And then we were able to take them outdoor. Whereas now you're kind of saying that, that the, the people coming into it, uh, their first experience is actually riding outside. 
and they're just as it was. Yeah, yeah as it, as it was probably seven years ago. Then it flipped, and I think yeah, I just think it's flipping back, and um, yeah, it's just it's not it's probably not first thing at least in Australia. You're getting into road cycling. You're not straight off to 99 bikes to grab a kicker. You yeah. just, if I need to, I might get one. But yeah, there was a point there with like every person that would inquire about coaching. I don't have a trainer. Is that okay? Because it was just what everyone did. It was it's just what you did, and I've seen that uh, die down. The new specialized Jesse. Okay. Okay. The specialized Roubaix SLA. Yep. Uh huh. Um. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, uh, have you dug into it? I haven't. All I've seen is four photos of Peter Sagan riding it. I haven't done any research on it. Uh, I watched Dave's video. Okay. Uh, have you, can you can you bring up the the video there? Because I'd be interested in your thoughts. Just if you just have a look at that frame. <laughs> You're leading me somewhere. Does it? Well, you reckon it looks like a chapter two? Look at that. Look at that. Give it a real wheel cutout. I mean. Every bike looks like a chapter two. <laughs> oh, it's just more the, the seat post thing. I've always kind of liked the Roubaix. I think it's a, a really good bike. Um, in fact, yeah, it's a bike for. It's such a, it's a gravel bike. Now, okay, the, Roub- the Roubaix that I knew, the bobbin head weekend warrior would buy one mm-hmm. because they wanted an endurance bike for a club run. Mm-hmm. You're not, this thing is mm. mountain bike. It's not. I don't see. Is the endurance cyclist buying the Roubaix anymore, or is this? Is the Roubaix now? Is it a Kansas? Yeah. It's is an it off-road. the specialized Kansas yeah. SLA? It's, it's an off-road bike, not a Roubaix. Yeah. It's a like. What's this? But then, wouldn't you just buy the gravel bike? Yes. Why would you buy this over a Diverge? Can't answer that. Because it's got the front end suspension. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird place in the market. Tire isn't it? clearance yeah. is probably well. The tire clearance on this thing's friggin' massive. It's like forty mil. But then the the SL8, the road version of the SL8, is like thirty two mil or something. So a model of bike that doesn't, it just seems to have, it's run its course. It has. Think. It like, has. I don't know. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, the gravel bikes have gotten too good. That- well. You've- the Roubaix was invented to ride Paris Roubaix. Like they're not riding this bike at Roubaix. Ride that at Roubaix. No. I mean, You'd- but that's <laughs> that's what it was there for. Now they're riding that. Yeah. Well, yeah. not that. A similar looking version mm. of the Nero bike. Yep. Yes. You've been <laughs> like, lurking around the local bike shop just to get. They're going to kick you out. They go. I know what you're here for. You just want. <laughs> you just want good bubble chat gossip. But what did you get? What are we? What's you gotta fill me in because I'm a I'm a boring bastard. I got nothing. You're gonna have to. I'm yeah, lurking. I'm e- doing e- e- to the ground. I'm doing. I've been doing some lurking around the the uh, the workshops of Sydney. All right. No. No. All right. So rewind six months. We're on this show, and we're talking about self-propelling bikes. Yep. yep. Now, what what was the self-propelling bike? It was the S5. You had to ride the brakes because he was ri- the 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 guy was riding too fast. So this 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 whole chat now I need to really stress like that's a quote that was a quote I heard on a club ride. I didn't. We're not making that up, right? Okay. Um. Okay. So this whole chat and this is this is really important is I think completely removed from like the world tour sort of 
frothy chap. I, 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 that exists, but this is totally separate. This is this is your local your local influencer, right? You all know them. They're in the bunch, and they're that guy who says he's on an S five, mate. It's a fucking self propelling machine. Such a fast. Such player. a fast. Player. Yeah. Okay. So that's where I. That's that's where the Cervelo is in my head, right? So uh, come back. Sydney, lurking around the workshops. Now, Savella's slow, slow bike. <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> that long ago, I was being told a very different thing. Yep. And the new fast bikes, you know, yep. the, speed, the speed okay. sniffer. Yep. Speed sniffers. Speed fast, sniffers fast. fast. Yep. And the propel. The propel's fast. Now, we might have caused some of this, I don't know, but... The Propel is now starting. Oh, no one's, no on, one's on, riding on, it. Hold on. We don't have any influence in this. Okay, good. This scene, this is like. <laughs> That's true. I, this yeah. is a bruiser on itself. It doesn't yeah. matter what we say. <laughs> this is a whole other beast, it's, but yes. That's yeah. right. Well yeah. said. Well said. Now, the Propel has has moved into the space of fast bike. Fast bike. Fast bike. Propel, now, okay. no one's ridden it yet, which I find mm, interesting. No. But <clears throat> because, okay, so this is. This is, I think, where I, I wanted to take this because, yeah. yeah, I mean, Sydney riding, it's a bit like the Bay Area type thing. It sounded like it's very, it's kind of fashion almost. Like there is a lot of that. So let's let's take all that with a grain of salt. But the, the, the thing that I'm now hearing is that the, the S5's too heavy. It's a dog of a bike. Dog of a bike. It's a dog of a, that was the quote, wasn't it? Yep, dog of a bike. Dog of a bike. And okay. the, uh, the, Propel S works are just they're lighter. They're so much lighter. The, they, and yeah. that's it's gonna be faster. Yeah. Okay. It's gonna yep. be faster. Yep. Okay. Can't I mean, yeah. Yep. Yep. So this I, I will point out, these are conversations I'm having with people who are just beaten they're on S fives. They're still on their S five. Who had just beaten me in the race. So their their own performance, they'd won the race, that their own performance isn't they're not actually Putting that together by any stretch of the imagination, okay? But the <laughs> where I think this has gone is for the last six months, we've been told that these lighter do-it-all bikes are better. We've been told that, right? So Specialized have made a big, and not to harp on about them, but they're the biggest and loudest, and they've constantly now told us that the SL8 is, is super fast, we don't need Avenge anymore. And I think that – I actually do think that has started to infiltrate this this bubble and they now believe. They now believe that this supposed heavy, fast aero bike that had them winning all these races isn't actually that fast anymore and it's – the grass is definitely greener and it's one bike. But it's in – so where is it? Because I, I heard it's in the bottom bracket. It's it's all it's actually the bottom bracket. So that's it's just the bottom bracket's too big, <laughs> is what I've been hearing. Yes, yes. There's too much carbon, too much carbon in the in the bottom bracket, and the speed of the bike is so it's just it's a lighter, nimbler bike because it's got less carbon in that in that area. So propel the new okay the new, but it just changes kind of with the way the wind's blowing. Um, kind of spreads like a wildfire, just takes over. So my take on this, yeah, 
they're going to have buyer's regret. All right. I'm calling it buyer's regret. As much as I, as much as I do think something like the Propel was, is going to be a lovely bike, got no issue with that. I think if you're coming from an out and out fast aero bike like that, that you are going, and this is again in our environment, I think you are going to, I think you're going to have buyer's regret. I think you're going to, you're going to miss that straight line speed. I mean, this is coming well, from two people who have not ridden the bike. Well, at the end of the day, it's still a giant. That's mm. your problem. That, so it's flavor of the month. But then six months later, you look down and it's a giant <laughs> and you're going, fuck, I was on a Cervelo. And it, that'll change. That's going to swing real quick. So what's next? What's after the wh- – can we make some predictions? Well, not really because it, the, this is the whole joke of it is that the, to me the, the industry leads this. Okay. Right? And, okay, my other sort of cynical take on, on this, can I, can I go down this route? Is that all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got another – yeah, keep going. My other cynical take on this is it's pretty simple that, okay, the, the reason the aero bike – are being phased out supposedly and they're not fast anymore is because turns out it's actually really expensive to make them. It's, it's expensive to not, well, not only just make them, but make lots of different models. So to have an ultimate and an aeroed and what's the other one? Endurace yep. is, is bloody expensive to have three different molds. It's expensive to have an S5 and R5 and the soloist. It's that's annoying. Why not convince everyone your propel or your SL8 does it all, and you get one mould, you can just churn them out and away we go. Definitely works. But the other thing that you were reading the article about the um, SL8 the other week, um, speaking with the one of the product designers there, and he was saying the back end of the bike doesn't matter aerodynamically. So that's the new, that's the new thing. Your bottom brackets are too big. Your seat tubes are too thick. And aerodynamics don't exist at the back of the bike anymore. So that's the new. That's the. That's going to be the new wave. We're gonna. We're gonna ride it. We're gonna ride it. Um, and it all comes back to this thing. Peak talk said, but Chris, you can't see aero. So it's the. It's the ultimate trump card now. All right. So say. Tell me something about aerodynamics. Anything. Anything related to anything that you ride on. Drop seat stays are faster. No, they're not. You can't see aero, Chris. That flappy jersey you're wearing, can't see aero. Uh, you haven't tested it. How do you know it's fa- that's you know? How do you know it's faster? So you ca- now you can't say anything as it relates to aerodynamics. You can't say. And I've seen this in the comments on the thing I said last week about the System Six being faster at 60k an hour than the SL7. And someone's like, oh, you can't see aero. I can't say that anymore. Mm. So it's the ultimate. It's a trump card. It's, yeah, it's the, it's the it's, prove me wrong. It, yeah. Yeah, it's the it's, prove me that wrong. That skin suit's uh, quick. Oh, well, have you gone in wind tunnel and tested it? Oh, well, you can't see aero. Now, so that's where now, you know, your bike's a bit lighter. Can't argue with that. Can't argue with that. Can I mention one other thing? Yep. Which came to my attention, which was the all the, all the aero claims or the stiffness claims, weight claims, et cetera, et cetera, on pretty much every brand when they release a bike is in comparison to the previous model of their own bike. So, for example, the um, the Giant Propel allows you to achieve 40 kilometres an hour, uh, achieve 40 kilometres while pushing 6.21 watts, less power than the previous model. So you will always see, basically in the white papers, 
the previous model, the previous model. So it's it's like it's the perfect situation because you're never actually – I mean, that's not, as a consumer, the decision you're making. You're not deciding between the 2022 and the 2023 Propel. You're deciding between the, the 2023 Propel and the, the S5. You want to know what that is. And it doesn't really exist. The Scott Foil is kind of the same. It's saying 16 watts saving at 40 kilometres an hour in comparison to the previous Scott Foil, Trek Madone, 9.3 watts improvements from the previous model. From what I can gather, Cervelo's the only one. Okay, this is where it gets weird. They claim that they have the fastest bike, but they don't. Now, someone can potentially correct me down below, but they don't actually say how much faster. Um, the System 6 did give some numbers to it, but it's all gradient required. But at least from my perspective, they're claiming versus the competition. I get so bored with it. I with what wheels, with who on it. There's just a billion – it's pointless talking about it anymore because uh, people say, well, the, the tour magazines tested them. Okay, but now these days they test with stock wheels. They don't test – with the wheels that come on the bike, they don't test with the um, generic – they used to test with 404s between bikes. Now they test with stock wheels. They say, well, the wheels are different. Well, what rider's on it? What, you might be more error for you and less for me. You can't see aero. It's, it's just I'm kind of done with aero. I've just – because even the general things that you would say now, like, I think that bike is faster because the tubes are deeper. Can't see air. You can't that. can't see air. Can't see it. It's like, where, where are we at? <laughs> why why are we even bothered talking about this anymore? Yeah. It's, um, the reason I sort of yeah. brought that up is like I watched the Apple the keynote today, and they do they do the claim of like you know this chip is this percent faster than the competition. This percent, I just and it kind of dawned on me. I was like, I've never seen that in a bike announcement like the the new Cannondale 71 is 6% faster than the SL8 prove me wrong like <laughs> i don't i don't know whether you get sued for saying that or or what but i don't know i'd like to see that it would like, be funny yeah. yeah i don't know there needs to be like a generic so one person we select one person in the world and he yep. is he or her yeah but one of each and they are they go into the same friggin wind tunnel and that's it it's your. It's like a. It's like the benchmarking test for. Okay. What tech? What wheels would you use? Well, no, you get with the package. So whatever the your package is, okay. is the so brand has. Okay. Okay. It's like you know, the 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 specialized. You get the bars. You get the rope. You get it all. You go in. Jeff sits on the and he's like, "Yep, okay, well, geez, but then we one are brand will stock eighty mil wheels to beat to cheat the. But aero at least test. you've got a baseline. Okay, I've got my baseline. You got Jeff's. But Jeff and Tracy's speed <laughs> test, and that's it. Done. But it's never a baseline because it depends how that what they've spec'd it with. See, this is what GCN should be doing. This is what GCN should be doing. They should have the same friggin' presenter going into the same wind tunnel on all the different bikes and give us actual data on this stuff. Like, fucking all the crap. Like, oh, that annoyed me so much during the week. <laughs> that one with feathered. The light bike. I was so interested in that. I'm like, this is this is perfect. This is exactly what I want to know. And it's like a 1K climb with traffic on the road. You get a guy who rides out of the saddle the whole way on an aero bike. It's like, this is pointless. And one of the bikes didn't have a power meter. I'm like, guys, <laughs> the pretense, the actual idea is brilliant. The practice is crap. And that would have cost money to because hopefully they paid him to do it. Like, well, we don't know. Hopefully. So that's, that's fucked up with Phil Guyman. 
a little little thing on Twitter that sparked up. And this comes back to this whole GCN chat. And we were talking about the GCN Plus films and how that probably costs a lot of money to produce. Well, we don't know because Phil on had a little dig at them on Twitter saying that they had approached him and they had agreed to produce this film and that he was going to fly to another country. I'm guessing it was for his com hunting series. And they got he had almost booked the flights, had got the whole thing organized, and then he had sent them the basically invoice of what it was going to cost. And they totally lowballed him with an amount of money that would barely even cover the cost of the flights. So are they even paying this Andrew Feather guy? Oh, I don't know. It sounds like based on what Phil was saying, they're a bit stingy with the cash in terms of the production of a lot of this stuff. You know, like, did you ever watch Top Gear? Yep. Yeah. I mean, they used to do the lap. So they would get one of the presenters on, they'd do the lap, you know, all that. Well, you can't tell me. You can't tell me. You couldn't have got Robbie, Robbie Math, not Robbie Matthews. Robbie Matthews. <laughs> Shout out to Robbie. Shout out Robbie. <laughs> hey, Andy. Hey, Robbie. Oh, dear. Um, Robbie McEwen. You can't have got Robbie McEwen to do, to do on a 200, yet just have a set 200-meter sprint zone and you get him on the same. You get him on the bikes. When they all come out, Robbie whacks it down there and he could tell us. We get a time. We get a fast. We get a top speed. Robbie, what do you think of that bike? Oh, yeah, that's all right. You know, give me that. Not this other crap. This just, I don't know. Nah, Send us. It's impossible. It's impossible to do with. But you're too much in the black and white. I, I'm happy to live in the grey. You give me some grey here. I, I'm. That's enough for me. Okay. Give me enough. That's all. That's all I want. I just, I, it's more relevant than claiming versus the previous iteration of your own bike. <laughs> I, I'm like, <laughs> that's what? Best. Okay. Yeah, I can see. Oh, yeah, yeah, I see where you come from. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So I have popped the thirties on here, so I, and the, the reason I wanted to bring this up. So they're thirty, the reserve thirty-seven, mm-hmm. thirty-four. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know how you talk about this thing? It looks shit. It's because it's not aero. You can't see aero. It looks. They're probably get more aero. What than well, a deeper dish wheel? Well, you can't see aero, so it could That's be. True. What yeah. do you know? What do okay. we know? But you know, you know, you talk about this thing like it doesn't. If, okay, so I've been doing these. Um, hill climb sort of VO2, like three-minute efforts on um, what's it called? Bellevue Hill, right? And the last couple of times I've done them, I've done them in the 30s versus the 60s. Guess what? Times pretty much exactly <laughs> identical, believe it or not, right? Okay. But you said this thing a while ago and it's like, but what did it feel like? And for the life of me, they felt faster, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's so true. It was more fun. And more fun. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's it's – and you, boil, you put all the, like, pretend data aside and you go, which, which actual experience did you enjoy more? I actually enjoyed that experience more. But they don't look as cool. So here's the thing. It's like I've got this weird balance of, like, because I actually would like to ultimately do, a, like, an actual, here's what I like about the shallow or here's what I like about the deep dish ones and actually do something about that. But ultimately it boils down to this. I like the feeling of the shallower, but I like the look of the deeper. Fair enough. And yep. if you're going and doing the chop, you're not going to want to do it on those. No. Yeah. But if I want to do a Saturday punchy kind of hilly ride, yeah, I really want to do them on those, especially with wide, with wide wheels, with wide tires. Like so they've got a 30 mil rear. That's really nice. It's always the thing. Remember with like shallow deep wheels, shallow wheels often feel – Really, especially your 
carbon clincher ones or carbon spoke ones. They're just really rough oh, and yeah. harsh. Yeah. Whereas the nice what, fatter tyre, yep. yeah, really nice. This hashtag GC Kuss thing at the Vuelta, is this too negative? Whatever. I'm just going to say it. I just I feel like people are going to get whatever. Um, this is where I get into trouble because <laughs> people just <laughs> go, a good, oh, a good way so of saying grumpy. it. Oh, uh, okay. All right. Well, we'll, just, well, let's just go. This Vuelta, the chat, the hashtag GC Kuss. I'm, can we give it a rest? Can we mm. absolutely give it a rest? All right. It's just fanboyism at its finest. You are paid handsomely to be a donkey. That is your job. You make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year to do it. You don't deserve to win the GC. Oh. That's not your job. Oh. If you want to be the top dog, king shit, go to a different team, ah. probably get paid a bit less, and you can go for GC. I do not feel that Vingegaard or Roglic or the team owe anything to Sepkus. No, or it would be nice if they let him win or he's, earned, he's earned it. He hasn't. He's a domestique. They don't owe him shit. He doesn't actually doesn't deserve to win the GC, right? As a GC rider in a season, you have so much more pressure. You've got to train your time trial. You've got to train your skills because you need to make it. You can't lose time. You've got to get to 3K to go, and then you can't let gaps open after the 3K to go. You've got the stress and the weight of having the entire team's GC hopes on your shoulders the mm -hmm. entire year. Distressed within the race. So that all the whole thing about being a GC rider isn't just rocking up and being able to perform at a race. It's all the stress and pressure that goes along with that. Now, Sepp has decided to join a team where he's not the GC guy. He, doesn't ha he hasn't had to go through that process and live with that stress. So he doesn't deserve to win the GC. He doesn't have the right to win the GC. No one owes him shit. He's played well to do his job and he's very good at his job. And that's where I stand on it. It's just total fanboyism. Everyone like, oh, the, oh, wh why did they attack him? You know, let him win. No, he deserves it. No, he doesn't deserve shit. Vingegaard deserves to win the GC. He's the GC rider that's worked for it. And that's where I stand. Strong comments. Strong comments, which uh, I doubt will re get any reaction at all from anyone. I hadn't looked at it like that. That's interesting. Your, your take is interesting because, okay, so – because he's the domestique, that's why we're, we're now following this. That's not why I thought GC Kuss. Just, just, can I just quickly say before we talk about this, GC Kuss was, that's, that's a Lantern Rouge thing. As far as, maybe, if, no, if I I'm wrong. Yeah, no, no, I think you So are. I really hate the fact that GCN yeah. jumped on board and like oh. now it's like GC Kuss is this thing that they've like, Claimed oh, is, I'm like, even you no. saying it does my head in. Just keep going. Anyway, Sorry. look. Yeah. So, but no, I think it is. I agree. Yeah. I think it is a lantern uh, thing, like they, a tug buddy. Yeah, it's one of their 100%. things. Hundred percent. Yeah. So let let come up with your own crap, Lucien. <laughs> anyway, so I reckon the reason why he's got that following, I don't think it's the domestic thing. I think, I think it's his personality. He's kind of weird in a sort of cultish way, right? And that's kind of why I root for him because he is a bit of a, like he does funky weird stuff and like, yeah, that's that's a bit of a, he's an oddball, 
really in the whole scheme of like robots. And I thought that's where the the support had come from. The other thing, and I'm 100%, this is complete bias on my perspective, I want him to win because he's American. He's North American. And if that just means all of a sudden 100,000 extra Americans clog on to YouTube tomorrow and search cycling and accidentally discover this crap, that's fantastic news for me. So, um, yeah, there's there's that element to it and that's that's kind of good. But I – so oh, I really like – that's so honestly brutal. I love it. I mean, I don't agree with you, but – You don't agree? Okay. No. I, I'm not against him. So I if he changed teams next year – and went to Movistar to ride GC and win a Grand Tour, I'd be all for him to win, 100%. Oh, because he's Because he's committed to that process. But this isn't under-12 soccer. You aren't owed anything. You are paid to do your job, which you've done well. And your teammates, this idea that because he's worked for the team mm. and so to pay him back, they need to let him win the GC – no, I don't, I, I don't agree with that narrative. I, I totally agree. I, I want to see him win, but for not for that narrative. I mean, I would like to see him, we're recording this on the 13th, uh, Angrelou is tomorrow night. I'd love to see the three of them duke it out up that, 100%. But, um, but I, would still, I would still be rooting for him because I think he's a huh? cool character. Yeah. It's, I, that's just me. I would be rooting for him way less than Vingegaard or Roglic because they've committed their season to win GC, so they they deserve it because they've done the prep to achieve that. If he kind of stumbles to the Vuelta and f- essentially flukes it just based on his climbing ability, I think that's less deserving than See, the other. That's a, I, I appreciate the take. I wonder what the other pros think. I wonder, I wonder like what his what the rivals would think, like who whether they would share your. He hasn't done the graft of the, and the, the here the pressure all that kind of stuff. To me, yeah. it's a money thing though. Maybe it's just me, mm. but we act a lot of the time. I go on Twitter and they act as if these people are all just volunteers, mm. just doing it for the love of the sport, and it's so detached from what <laughs> these people actually do. It's um, I think it does twist opinions a little bit, like that. Yeah. Oh. These Instagram reels for the show. I said that last so week to you. Jesus. Oh, the comments. Where do these – I mean, the YouTube comments are at least semi-respectful and interesting. The The Instagram reel <laughs> comments are so – they're so bad. So I said that – okay, part of it is because we're cutting out yeah. 30 seconds it's of a discussion. Yeah. Let's, let's call it what and it I is. Said, I said cycling's the most dangerous sport. And then mm. people are like, what about the Isle of Man time trial thing? Oh, right. Okay. Or what about free soloing? <laughs> and like, oh, my God. Okay, whatever. I mentioned a little bit about my AeroSoc. Um, what are we calling it? Um, adventures currently going yep. on. So we're, okay. we're, we're having some sort of progress in that regards. But a few people replied to me saying, try this brand, try that brand. It's interesting because the brands that they tend to sort of pass on to me are brands I've never heard of. So there's one here called, have you had a look at this? Bring, no, it, up, bring it up. Bring it up. It's called Spratswear. Spats. 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 I've wear. heard of them before. You have heard of yeah. them? Yeah. Because they're famous for their winter overshoe things that come up to the knee mm-hmm. for, the, for the guys in the UK. Um, that's how I, what I've seen them for. So 
it, a couple of times I've referenced uh, something like, oh, that brand looks like it's from the UK. And people in the comments have gone, how do you know something looks like Okay. <laughs> that brand, that is the perfect example of something that looks like it's come from the UK. Right. So, yeah, put put that. Um, but some of that aero stuff looked really good. And so their aero socks have been highly recommended to me. Also a brand called Fingers Crossed, which oh. don't do like a big range of stuff. They just do sort of accessory type stuff. I've actually ordered a couple of Fingers Crossed aero socks. I've bought a pair of Fingers Crossed aero socks last week. You serious? Not aero socks, the regular socks, sorry. Yeah, right. It was a, one of those. I was doing an order from Cash and I had to get across the free delivery thing. So I was like, I've pair of black socks. Here you go. Slip them in. So we're on yep. the Fingers Crossed bandwagon. We'll report back very soon with that one. What did you call it last week? The 50-minute club? Might be the hour club yeah, this week. We've extended out. Extended out. All right. Can we do some navel gazing? Oh, please. All right. This is, yeah. this is what you do on podcasts. You talk about yourself. Um, first first one I kind of found interesting is like, because we talk about this every week, like, oh, what did it look like? You know, what did the sh- how did the, the edit look? And what did it sound like? All that kind of stuff. And like there's normally like one comment out of the four or 500, which will be like, oh, I didn't like this. Or, the color oh, grading's the, oh, the color cooked. <laughs> and it's like it's like the weirdest offset of time because it's, you spend all this time doing the what you think is the the important part, but I don't really think anyone cares. I'd be surprised if anyone watches this. Yeah. Because when I watch long-form stuff on YouTube, I'm just listening to it. I'm not going to sit there for an hour and just stare at a show. Which is kind, be curious. kind of my question because like sometimes we take this on the road or we you know things are a bit difficult what is the mo- like is the audio the most important part and it's like where is the threshold then because there's been so many where we've had a total shit show where like my mic hasn't worked and we've had to use like your mic and marry it up and then done a post production to kind of get that sort of to work um no one seems to notice no when we do that, by the way. No one seems to notice. <laughs> it's yeah. almost every second week where this is absolute amateur hour here. So, And I'll spend three days trying to, like, merge all these clips to get it to kind of come together and it goes up and, like, no one notices. <laughs> I'm like, is this, I could, just, could we just be doing yeah. this, like, on our just iPhone? On, yeah. <laughs> um, Audio recording. Yeah, anyway, I just, I just wanted to mention that. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. what else? You got any other navel-gazing for me? Uh... Oh, you put in here the Girona bubble hates us. Mm. What what sparked this? Did someone uh, did someone say something? Someone's always saying something. Have you read our comments recently? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Like, I d- I just find that nine times out of ten, maybe it's just more on the Instagram side that yeah, people are. If I if we say Girona bubble, mm. is it just Aussies that know what a Girona bubble is, or is there a US contingent to the Girona bubble? In a UK, oh, there's definitely a UK. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this, yeah. The, basically the Girona bubble, from what I understand, is just an English-speaking site, like pro, semi-pro cycling sort of conglomerate right. in Girona. So at the risk of further alienating the Girona bubble, I mean, who who is the Girona bubble? I, I think it's it's the loose change of the cycling industry that end up there, right? It's It's the... 22 to 30-year-old guy or girl that wasn't really good enough to go pro but then didn't get an actual job. So they've kind of fallen through the cracks and then it kind of spits you out in Girona. And 
probably still train a lot. Maybe you race a bit. You you're probably in marketing or or communications for for a sock brand, working online. And that's that's and that's your, and I can see why they don't they hate the show. I can see why they hate us. Well, they'd be very because earnest. that's pretty much it's an earnest crowd. That's mm. because that's we're kind of the loose change as well. Mm. So you know the loose change doesn't like the other loose change <laughs> also having an opinion. So I can see why they absolutely hate our guts. Yep. But it, I mean, and they they go out on Sunday and they do a three hour gravel loop and you know drink sparkling water. Watching sunset on George Bennett's balcony, and it's it's a total vibe, mm. and they absolutely hate us having an opinion, and I can I can understand why. I have nothing to add to that. That's exactly <laughs> I think what it is. Yeah. <laughs> the thing though with the Girona, and we're talking about people that live there, not the people that go there for a holiday <laughs> or whatever. Yep. But the Girona bubble kind of think they're the center of the cycling universe. Mm-hmm. Like that's we're in Girona. Like who are these two Aussie blokes on a podcast? opinionated dickheads think they got the rule of the roost. It's, it's I can see how it happens because they're, you know, it's, oh, they're in there. it's a small pond mm. and there's some big fish mm. and they um And there's also yeah, the that way. thing of like, you know, we're at the other end of the world. Mm-hmm. Like how can, how, how can we know what's, it's impossible for us to know what's going on yeah. or worse that our opinions should matter. Not that I think our opinions should matter, but. <laughs> Like they should definitely be, we should be put back down. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So fair enough. All right, JC, thank you very much for your time. Thanks for having me. We will see you all next week. See you then. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.